Psalms 34, beginning with verse 1, and we're going to look through verse 4. I want everybody to repeat this with me. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The Lord shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord. And he heard me. And delivered me from all my fears. Praise God. May take your seat. That's the word of God for the people of God. And I want you to know today that everything we do ought to be with that in mind. Let me go on and say to you what I have to say to you. Nothing new. You'll be happy to know it's nothing new. It's just to remind us again of what ought to be happening with us during this time of the year. A lot of things happen during this time of the year that don't happen normally. Okay, but I want you to never forget what God has done for us through Jesus because we ought to remain steady in what we do. Steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the Lord. For as much as we know our labor is not in vain in the Lord. Though they were covered by the protective presence of God, the birth of Jesus was no cakewalk for Mary and Joseph. They had to survive with a child that was not of their doing. They had nothing to do with it. Causing them to look like fornicators by their neighbors. Jesus was born into a world that was bent on assassinating him. Amazing how that parallels the life of Moses, isn't it? That during their lifetime, immediately after their birth, there were decrees that young boys three and over should be killed because the kings feared them. And here is Jesus having to go through the same thing. They were on the run. Young folk with a child, expecting a child, and on the run. And somehow, perfume and cologne and spices and pretty clothes don't mean as much when you're running for your life. See, those three wise men came and they brought spikenard and they brought some good smelling stuff for him. Maybe brought him a, a swaddling blanket or something that he could be wrapped in, but it kind of takes the edge off when you're running for your life. Remember I told you in the beginning, though, they were covered by the protective presence of God. We ought to be thankful for that. You know who brought you here this morning? The protective presence of God. Every one of us, no matter which way you came, no matter how you got here, God protected you for you to get here. 
And the reason, one of the reasons he did that is so that you could hear the message this morning. And so that we could draw from each other what we need to draw from each other. Mary rode a donkey holding a baby for some 70 miles as Joseph walked. Lord have mercy. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph had to survive what we celebrate today. But that's why Jesus is the reason for the season. But I want you to understand that Jesus is the reason for all seasons. It doesn't make any difference that we are celebrating some date that a person or persons placed on the birthday. I don't care when he was born. I'm just thankful that he was. And I'll take advantage of every opportunity to celebrate that birth. So we can celebrate it December 25th. We can celebrate it January 1st, all the way down to December 31st. My thing is, we ought to be celebrating him every day. Every day. And that's what I'm coming to understand. I'm keeping more money in my pocket now. Not being under pressure to buy everybody everything. That's why Jesus is the reason for the season. Now, I don't know about you, but I signed up to remember Jesus always and to praise his name all the time, not just a special time of the year. His birthday is much more than our celebration. According to Philippians 2, Jesus left the palatial spheres of heaven to be a gift to the world. A gift to you and a gift to me. It turned out to be the greatest gift ever given. Luke records in Acts chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, how it is that nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. We ought to be grateful to have a king like Jesus. We are remiss even in celebrating it only once a year. Once a year. You know what it's about? Sacrifice. Everything about Jesus in Philippians chapter two speaks of sacrifice. How he gave, he gave up his position he gave up his status in heaven to come and to die for a world that needed him. He didn't need us. We needed him. And he gave. So if you want to do anything with this holiday season, practice sacrifice. Is that all right? I know you know, it's just like the disciples told Jesus. Some of those sayings are hard, they said, Jesus. It's hard. When Jesus was teaching them about marriage, he said, if a man leaves his wife for a reason other than fornication, he causes her to commit adultery. He said, even if a man looks on a woman to lust after her, he hadn't done anything other than lust, he's already committed adultery with her in his heart. And once he finished, the disciples said, Lord, that's a hard saying right there. 
If that's the way things are, maybe we ought to just stay single. And Jesus said, all right, that might be for you. There are some eunuchs who are born eunuchs. There are some who are made eunuchs for the kingdom's sake. So it's not for everybody. But what you need to understand is that there is some sacrifice involved. If you want to really get into Jesus being the reason for the season, sacrifice. Sacrifice. Find something to give that reeks of sacrifice. Because, folk, glad tidings of great joy shouldn't become tidings, tidings of great stress and anger and competition. How do we praise God by running over each other in TJ Maxx? Or in, 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 in one of these stores trying to get a TV for a discount? How does that praise God? How do we praise God by cooking all of the food we cook for the holidays and then not inviting one stranger that we know needs something? And see, the reason we don't do that often is because we make up their minds for them. We say, I'm not going to ask because they don't want to come. Well, if you're going to ask the question and answer it, then that makes you the judge and the jury and you can't be both. You can't be both. We need to, if we're going to really celebrate this thing, and please, let's stop, let's stop arguing about Christmas. Let's just use the season when people are probably more receptive to the word of God to teach them that. Let's not get so caught up in what we can buy somebody that'll make them happy. Now, some people need us in ways that don't involve and cannot be addressed, addressed simply by buying a gift. Courage in giving is giving the gift that's needed rather than the one that's wanted. If you ask somebody what they want for Christmas, chances are they're going to tell you what they want rather than what they need. They may ask for a check. They may need a lecture. They may ask for a toy. They may need something else, like a nice sweater like they can wear when it's cold outside. I hope you'll stay with me. The easiest way we have thought to handle situations like the holidays is to just throw money at stuff and hope it'll go away. You've been bugging me all year about buying something. Here, I've bought it. Does that make things better? If your relationship is tore up before you buy that diamond ring, guess what? It's tore up after she puts it on. If, a new, if you're expecting a new outfit to make everything all right, know that it only does for a very short period of time. Because this thing is really not about materials. It's about spiritual things. Every day, we learn that the real needs that people have involve caring and feeling loved and being considered worthwhile. More than anything else they desire, folk want to, be know, folk want to know that they are cared about. That somebody thinks of them other than themselves. No wonder 
Jesus speaks to us through Peter by saying, bring your cares to me. First Peter, cast your cares on me for I care for you. And there is no greater feeling than the feeling that comes with being loved. Do I have a witness? If you know what it is to be loved, I'm not talking about liked. I'm not talking about somebody who's infatuated with you. I'm talking about somebody who loves you. When you feel truly loved, there is no greater feeling anywhere about anything. Because you see, love doesn't do things just to be doing things. These are the reasons Christ said through Peter, cast your cares on me. And then Paul comes behind him and talks about that true love. Romans chapter 5, verse number 8. But God demonstrates his love toward us. And that's right after he was talking about why others would possibly die for somebody else. Maybe there are those out there who would die for a righteous man. Maybe per adventure, there are those out there who would die for somebody who's not as righteous. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So here's the thing. The holidays are simply another opportunity. Just look at it as another opportunity to show love to those we often forget who have also been forgotten by the world. Anything we do during the holidays and every day for that matter should have as its primary objective to praise God for giving the gift of Jesus. I said in everything we do, everything, whatever people acknowledge about you, give God the praise. Don't you keep that for yourself. Because, see, it won't work good in your head. See, because when we get praised, we tend to think that we don't need to do anything else. I got my praise. They think I'm good. Let me just sit down and lap it up. But when we talk about God and praise him, it points the world to him as the only one who has really given something of sacrificial nature. Don't assume. Here, 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 are, the, here are the tips, and I'll be finished. I don't, I don't have that many of them, but I, I'm going to finish this. Don't assume that a gift you bought or can buy for somebody will brighten somebody's day. Don't make that assumption. That's just an assumption. And I'm going to tell you something. Today, we're being priced out of the market. I want you to understand this. It's perfectly all right if you don't buy anybody anything for Christmas. <laughs> you may want to tell somebody that. <laughs> somebody needs to hear you say, it's perfectly all right if I don't get nobody nothing. I'm not any worse off. And many of times we buy things that don't make us any better off. That'll relieve somebody's stress sitting right here right now. <laughs> Who's trying to figure out how in the world they're going to pay bills and get these children what they want. See, because this may be perfectly all right if you don't buy anybody anything, but there's a lot of stress relief in that. 
This may not be a problem for a small household as much as it is for a large household where there are five or six children and teenagers and four or five grandchildren. You're going to go broke. The price of things today have really priced us out of the market trying to buy equal gifts that are costly. Christians ought not get wrapped up in that. It's perfectly all right to say no to your child. I know that's a novel idea for some of us. But it's perfectly all right to say no to your grandchildren and your children. They'll be all right, believe me. They live through no. They may cry a little while, but if you get them in the habit of getting everything they want, you getting them in the habit of doing something out there in the world that's going to cause somebody to bust their head to the white meat. Because they think everybody's supposed to respond to them the way you do. When they ask for something, folk ought to give it. Teach them the lesson of sacrifice. Teach them the lesson of 2 Corinthians 8, where God, God is more concerned about those who give cheerfully. You know, and then in Acts, the Bible tells us, it's better to give than to receive. So everybody's not anticipating Christmas. You need to understand that. Holidays are a difficult time for folk because some are reminded of what they can and cannot afford. And you know, the things, the things that we find out about each other around this time of the year. I found out people say, well, you know, it's the thought that counts. I wish you'd keep that in mind before you go out there and spend $150 or $200 on a pair of sneakers. Say, it's, say to your child, it's the thought that counts. I'm gonna get you these $28 Jeepers Creepers and you're gonna be all right with them. If, the thought, if it's the thought that counts, what thought are we talking about? Is it the thought that I bought you something I, can, I couldn't afford? Is it the thought that I gave you something that's dangerous for you? Is it the thought that I gave you something you can't really appreciate? People go out and buy Jordans for, for the kid. They about that big. Can that kid appreciate those Jordans? Air Force Ones. You know who that's for? Mom and dad. As they carry him around, they want everybody to see he, he ain't but five days old, but we got him on a pair of Jordans. And we wasted some money because how long will it last? His little foot is going to outgrow that Jordan in 24 hours. And you'll be passing them on to somebody else. What kind of thought are you in, in, involved in here? Is it the thought that I gave you one or more of something you have too many of already? Is it the thought that I gave you something that you didn't expect? Is it the thought that I gave you something because everybody else has one? If those are the thoughts that drive you, then the, the holidays can't be all they cracked up to be to you. And as I conclude, I want you to understand this. The most genuine gift is one given to satisfy a genuine need. Say that again. The most genuine gift is one given to satisfy a genuine need. God gave Jesus because the world needed a savior. 
That was a genuine need. And Jesus was the only genuine answer for that need. So I think we ought to follow suit. Aren't you glad that Jesus forgives us of our sins? Matthew records in the first chapter in verse 21, he told Mary and she will, he told the people and she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Aren't you glad that Jesus saves us from our sins? But without that, we would have no recourse, none whatsoever. The holidays are actually sad for many because they think they have nothing to give. But when we give ourselves first, when we give in to the notion that whatever we do, whatever we're doing is to bring praise and honor to God, the other stuff will fall into place. The holidays reveal what lengths we're capable of going to to please ourselves and others. They reveal to us who we are and what we really care about. Have you taken the Lord's money and bought somebody a present? What you promised the Lord, you set aside for him. But you got carried away in your, you, you ever put anything back? There are people who buy stuff at the store, get up there and it's more than they anticipated and they go on and pay it because they want it. But then you, you can tell those folk who have set a budget and that's it. Because if you have four or five items over what you should have, they say, well, look, put this back. Put that back. Have you ever done that? I've been in that situation. Just get with now, ain't got enough money spending like it's all right. And then get up there and have to be embarrassed because lady said, well, it's $25 and you got 13. <laughs> well, put that back. And that, and it's, 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 it's always good to see what they choose to put back. We not even get into that. You know what I mean, though. Jesus said, I'll give you anything you want. Here's the question. What are you asking for? Jesus said, I'll give it to you. If you have faith that I'll do it, I'll give it to you. But what are you asking for? That's the bigger question. What you asking for? Are you only asking for things that will benefit you? The problem is often that we keep asking for the wrong things. And that's because the Bible says we're to some degree made that way in Romans 8, 26 and 27 because we don't know what to ask for as we are. We don't know what to ask for. We ask for things that are selfish many times. The best thing we can do in this time and in this day and age and every day is to give ourselves as presents to Jesus. How about that one? That's sacrifice. Rather than talking about what you're going to do for somebody else, talk about what you're going to do for Jesus. He's the birthday boy. You don't go to the birthday party and don't bring the birthday boy a present. Everybody wants to go to the birthday party, but they want to bring a present for not the birthday boy, for everybody else who attends the party. We leave the birthday boy out. Forget about him. He's the reason for the season, but we don't need him now. We, we, we understand what to do. Let's go out and spin until we get drunk. Until we lose sight of who we are. 
That's devilish. Jesus took the beating that was ours, I remind you. He took the cursing that was meant for us. He took the death that was meant for us. These are the real gifts. So during this period of the year, if you really learn what you need to be doing, you won't be as happy to see it coming. Well, if, if, if the world saw this period as a period of sacrifice, they wouldn't, they wouldn't celebrate it the way they do. They wouldn't celebrate, wouldn't be that happy about it because we're generally not happy about sacrificing. Sacrificing is giving what you can't afford to give. Mm -hmm. God is always preparing us, folk, for the next thing, not for what has happened, but what's about to happen. I think some great things are about to happen for us because I think it is historical in the word of God that when things start getting topsy-turvy, God is getting ready to do something. He's working. He's working. And he's working through individuals right here. What we need to do is learn where to focus our attention when we have questions. Focus it on him. Whatever your plight, give God the praise, and I'll leave you with that today. Whatever you do, give God the praise. Or we cannot be acceptable before him. If you've heard that this morning and you are repentant in your spirit, you know it's, all, it's not always necessary to get up and make a statement. But what is necessary is for you to make up your mind. Make a decision about who you're going to be this season. And hopefully that'll be different than those seasons where you've run yourself into so much debt that while the children are opening gifts, you in the bedroom crying, wondering how you're going to pay for what they opened. They happy and you smiling with them, but inside you're trying to figure out what am I going to have to not pay in order to do what I need to do. Never a good situation to be in. I want to thank God for the privilege of talking with you this morning. And I want to ask you more than anything else to pray for our congregation. Let's get ready for what is about to happen. Let's not deal with what has happened. And let's get ready to recommit ourselves to a higher, a higher level of service, a higher level of commitment, one that doesn't depend on the person sitting beside you, but one that ends with you. If you do that, the Lord blesses. He says to us in Matthew eleven twenty-eight, 28, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I'll give you some rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Thank God for the privilege to speak his word. If you're here this morning, you're subject to it in any way. Come.